Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Furley Martin with Biblical Principles for Daily Living. I'm doing two podcasts today. Um, welcome to my 9 a.m. podcast. Today I'm talking about the root of rejection. The root of rejection. Where does it come from? Uh, I spoke earlier this morning about overcoming fear by walking, um, by having faith in God's love for us. Um, The root of rejection, perfection. How many of you know that perfection is connected to the root of rejection? I'll be right back. Give me one moment. We're going to pray before we start. Father God, I just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. I thank you for the yokes that will be destroyed today, Father. You said who the Son set free is free indeed, Father God. And we thank you that as we speak your word, that it will set captives free, Father God, that your word will liberate and set at set free those who are being held bound by the devil's lie in the name of Jesus. And I... Uh, we're going to end it here. We just give you glory, honor, and praise, Father, that your word it will not return void in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to just set right on in here real quick. And uh, we're going to talk about being set, for, being free from the uh, root of rejection. How many of you know that whosoever the Son sets free is free indeed? How many of you know that? John 8 36 tells us so if the sun sets you free you will be free in D-E-E-D you will be free indeed how many of you want to be free today I'm, I'm assuming um, that you're here because you want to be free I'm here because I'm assuming that you want to be free I'm going to write about that so let's, let's just set in on with this so I said earlier that the root of rejection is a perfection is attached to the root of rejection. Why is this? Um, because perfection comes out of not thinking that we're enough, not thinking that we're we're good enough. It comes out of the fear of man. It comes out of thinking about what people are going to think. And the sad thing about this is that the uh, uh, the spirit of perfection is it, it just it's, it's a driving force, like I said, that makes you feel like that it's never enough, that you're not enough, that what you're doing is not enough. But really, I mean, really think about that. Where does that come from? You're working, you're, even though maybe the person you, subconsciously you have this thought in your mind. Um, what are they gonna think? Or maybe you was raised a certain way and, and you just felt like it was just not enough or like you was just not enough. But God wants you to know that you are enough. And the only there's none perfect except the Father. And when you have done your best, you have done his best. Because God never acts more of us than we can give him. He knows what we have. He is compassionate towards us. The same way a father is compassionate towards his children as our father is compassionate towards us because he understands that we are, we're created from dust. God does not expect for us to be perfect, but God does expect for us to do what we know to do and do it unto him. 
Um, Proverbs 29, 25 tells us that the fear of man will cause a snare. Fearing people, NLT says, fearing people is a dangerous trap. It says fearing people is a dangerous trap. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many of you guys know that? And to fear the Lord really is to reverence him and have respect, not to be afraid of him. Proverbs 29, 25, we're coming out of there today. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting God means safety. And when we, um, when we have that, that spirit, that root of rejection, because that's what it is, it's a lot of things that comes out of that root of rejection. It really, I would say that it would really come down to, if we had to narrow it down to something, it would be the fear of man. Because the fear of man, it's when we become men pleasers instead of God pleasers. Hold on one second. I want you to think about that one minute here. I want you to think about that. That when we're men pleasers, we're not God pleasers. When we're men pleasers, we're not God pleasers. Galatians 1 and 10 tells us, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a Christ servant, right? So we're called to be a God pleaser and not a man pleaser. We're called to be God-pleasers and not men-pleasers. How many of you know of that? We're called to be God-pleasers and not a man-pleaser. For am I not seeking Ephesians, um, Galatians 1 and 10 from the English Standard Version. It says, for am I not seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of God. So I guess I'm going to stop here and pause for a minute because I want to ask the question. Are we a man pleaser or a God pleaser? That, that since we will say all the time that now God knows that we're not perfect because the Bible says there's not perfect except the Father, right? So... We'll say it all the time. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. We'll say this. But yet, we, we have that spirit of perfection on us. And the thing about it is, like I said, it's, a, it's really a distraction. It's definitely from the pits of hell um, because it's, it's set up to make us, you know, keep us from really completing the assignment, from keep us from uh, being able to press through. And it also steals our time. Trying to be perfect will steal your time because there's no such thing. The, the goal that you're, we're trying to reach is impossible. It's not about trying to be... That driving force is, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? What are they going to think? Well, God wants you to do your best. God gave his best, so he wants us to do our best. But not as unto men, because remember Galatians 1 and 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? of God who whose approval are you trying to win in your pursuit to be perfect uh, maybe it was something that mama said mama's not even alive anymore maybe he was trying to 
win the approval of your father. I know a lot of us like to get our father's approval. Um, maybe it's the approval of the teacher. Maybe you're trying to win the approval of those who said you would never be anything. You know, the naysayers, whoever they are. But, you know, when we're bent on trying to please people, imperfect people, how many of you know you can never uh, win the approval of imperfect people? Why is this? Because people themselves are imperfect. <laughs> so they're going to always find something wrong with something because they themselves are not seeing from the eyes of perfection. So am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Galatians 1.10 asks the question, NIV version. Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So there we have it. We have to pick a side. Are we bent on trying to please people the, when the approval of people? Are we more interested in winning the approval of God? Because when we're more interested in the approval of men, then Galatians 1 and 10 says that we're not a servant of Christ. So who are you serving? This is what I want to know. I guess that would be the question. What is that spirit of perfection rooted in? The fear of man. Pleasing. And do you know that when we are a servant of men and we're not a servant of Christ, Really, we have become a servant of men, but also when we're more concerned about what people think than what God thinks, that is a spirit of pride. How many of you know that? Pride, uh, that's, the, that's the pride of life. Because the pride of life, it wants to impress people. It wants people to think highly of them instead of thinking more highly of Christ. So whatever we do in word or deed, the Bible says that we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.17, English Standard says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever we do in word or deed, we're to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you doing your deeds unto the Lord Jesus Christ so we can be seen by him? Or are we doing our deeds unto people so we can be, so we can impress them? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to stop there for a minute because I just want us to really think about that perfection. They call it a PTSD or something, not PTSD, but uh, OCD or something like that when we just because really that I'm telling you what that force is is I'm not good enough I can't stand to see things out of order what's going to happen if something is out of order what's going to happen if the rug is turned over why does that bother you so much it's something on the inside of you that's saying to you this piece of carpet being turned over means you're not good enough but God wants you to know that not only are you good enough, but you're more than enough. Because before the foundations of the world, God knew you. You know, this is a distraction because it was kind of like Martha and Mary. Martha was just so busy, you know, just so busy doing her own thing. 
that she, when Christ came, she didn't even have time for him. Why? Because she was so caught up into what she was doing. She was so caught up in the work that she didn't have time for the worship. Are you so caught up in the work that you don't have time for the worship? What's the worst thing that can happen if you go to sleep at night and there's a spoon in the sink? What does that mean? What does that mean if there's a spoon in the sink? What does it mean if everything... I mean, some people are losing their spouses and marriages because the wives are just nagging these men to death. Or maybe some of the men are nagging the women to death because he didn't close the toilet or he's not putting the top back on the toothpaste. The devil, you know, the Bible says it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. You can't hardly stand to be around people like that. Because that spirit of perfection, you can't stand to see anything out of place. What does that say? What does that mean to you? We really need to quit claiming these things, saying these things about us. I'm OCD. We need to quit. We're, if you possess it, you're going to confess it. Because Amos 3 and 3 says, who the sun set free is free indeed. And that thing, the same way that thing torments you when that, that toilet seat is not closed or that toothpaste is not on the top correctly, it's causing you to torment everybody around you. Oh, y'all know how she is or y'all know how he is. No, let's quit making excuses for that. And let's know that you're complete in him and your life is hid in Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today. Let us break free from the spirit of perfection because it comes out of rejection. The root of rejection will always make you feel like you're not enough. But I want you to know that God says, that you are enough, that you're more than enough. He was so satisfied when he created you that he did not see the need to create another one of you. Let's break free from the spirit of perfection. Some of us can't go out and enjoy our life and enjoy our friends or enjoy our kids because we're so busy in the house cleaning, trying to make sure everything is perfect, trying to make every, sure everything, or we just get so stuck on doing assignments and doing different things that we don't even can finish the assignment because we're aiming for perfection. And there is no such place except outside of God. Let me tell you this, when you do something, whatever we do, the Bible says in Colossians, whatever we do in word or deed, that we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So God leads by way of peace. So when you're doing something and if God is giving you peace about it, then that's, it's, it's finished, it's done, he's satisfied with it. But you know within your heart, if you're giving your best, you know in your heart if you're being lazy, you know in your heart if you could have done better. But don't let the voice of that the father who told you you wasn't enough, don't let the voice of the naysayers who told you that you would never be enough, don't let that voice be your driving force. Let the voice of the Holy Spirit, us being led by his spirit, say to you, my daughter, job well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into our rest. Because I'm telling you, when you operate in the spirit of rejection, which causes, which is causing this perfection, it's going to cause anxiety. It's going to cause fear. Because it's all, it's all rooted and based, in, it's fear-based. The devil is telling you that you're not good enough if you go to bed with, those, with a fork in the sink. I know it sounds simple, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the devil wants us to be so busy 
doing, we could be good things. You say, well, it's not a sin to keep your house. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about perfection. When you can't stand to see anything out of place or you can't stand to see a, a, a spoon in the sink. It's not just driving you crazy. It's that fear. It's driving everybody around you crazy. It's driving, it's called nagging. Proverbs say it's better to live on the rooftop than for a man to live in a house with a nagging wife. Are you driving that man crazy because he dropped his, his sock is on the floor and you don't pick it up. If it's bothering you that much, pick it up. But what does that mean? What does that mean to you? It means something. What does it mean to you when everything is not just perfect? What does that mean? Does it mean you're not perfect? No, that root of rejection will have you work yourself to death because the fear of man causes a snare. And know this, know this. I'm not going to be here long, but I want you to know this, that that's rooted in pride. When we're Christ, when we're self-centered, we're not Christ-centered. When it's about us, when it's about what people are going to think about us, that's pride. That's being self-centered. That's not Christ-centered. We should not be in the center. Christ has to be in the center. Anything that's taking the place of God in our lives is God of our lives. We can be the God of our own life because we're so concerned about what people think about us. We must be delivered. We must allow God to deliver us from the people so he can deliver us to the people. We're wasting a whole bunch of time on stuff that don't even matter because of the spirit of perfection, which is rooted in rejection. I want to exhort you, I want to encourage you, and I want to remind you that before the foundations of the world that God knew you, and he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and that comparing ourselves unto ourselves is not wise. We need to focus on the assignment that's in front of us. We need to focus on the race that God has set in front of us. We need to run the race which God has set in front of us and run our race with endurance. Let me tell you this, that in this race, you're not running against anyone. We're not, when, when we think of a race, we think of a lot of other people on the side of us and we're racing to the finish line and the first person to the finish line is the winner, but this is not the kind of race. We're not running that kind of race. You're just, running your own race. You're not running against anyone. Let Christ be our focus. Let's fix our focus, our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That was his race. You know, it says that we're going to follow Christ. We must willing be, take up our cross and follow him. My cross might not be your cross. My cross might not be your cross, but Jesus, he had his race to run and he had his cross to carry. And it was the cross. He understood his purpose. His purpose was not everybody's purpose, but he had to run his race. He wasn't racing against anyone else because he had his own race. Run your own race with endurance. Run your own race with your own endurance. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, 
Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one received the prize? Run in such a way as to take the prize. Run your race. No, you're not the only one that's called to do what you're doing, but you are called to run your race. Therefore, you're not looking to the left or to the right. You just got your eyes fixed on Jesus because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the finish line. Christ is the finish line. And at the end of the day, what isn't it what we really want to hear is our job well done, our good and faithful servant enter in. Isn't that what we want to hear? So our goal is not to try to please people. Our goal is to be uh to walk in fellowship with Jesus. That's our goal. It's easier, isn't it easier trying to trying to uh, satisfy one person than a whole bunch of people? It's easier being a God pleaser than a man pleaser. Because when you try to please, you're never going to be able to please people because somebody is not going to like it. Somebody's not going to like you. It doesn't matter how nice you are or whatever. I always tell people that if everybody likes you, you're compromising somewhere. Because when we choose to live for Christ, when we choose to live godly lives, when we choose to live for Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 3 and 12, it tells us that we're going to be persecuted. When we choose to live for Christ, we're going to be persecuted. As he is, so are we in this world. The same way they hated him, they're going to hate you. It's the same spirit. Why is this? Because the same devils don't die. How many of you know? Those same demons that persecuted Christ, those same demons that nailed Christ to the cross, they're still here on the earth. You do know that, right? So those same demons that hated Jesus is the same demons that's going to hate you because we have the spirit of God on the inside of us. 2 Timothy 3 and 12 NIV says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The NLT says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's all part of it. He said that we are to rejoice when we're persecuted for righteousness sake. Because truly that means that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. Rejoice when we suffer for righteousness sake. Because truly, it means that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. 1 Peter 3.14 tells us this. 1 Peter 3.14, NLT, it says, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Don't worry about what nothing and no one says. Do not fear certain danger or the ruins that overtake the wicked. Don't be afraid of nothing. Proverbs 3.25 says, do not fear certain danger or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Because what? Just because that happened for them like that don't mean it's going to happen like that for you. The spirit of perfection is rooted in rejection. I'm going to end it here, but I want to challenge you guys today is not to allow the devil to torment you. And I want you to know that you're good enough. God is so satisfied with you that when he broke the mold, he didn't see a need to create another one of you. You be satisfied in you. My challenge for you today is 
leave a dish in the sink. I mean, whatever it is that drives you to think you have to be perfect, come down off of your own throne and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And none is perfect but the Father. I'm going to end it here. You guys be blessed and be encouraged.